This is the Stark Truth, hosted by Robert Stark. Brought to you by StarkTruthRadio.com. Robert Stark is an American journalist and political commentator. You can listen to his podcast at www.StarkTruthRadio.com. Feliciano, uh, we're going to be discussing uh, his new political platform. Uh, Jose, it's great speaking with you. Hey, great speaking with you as well, Robert. Uh, you describe yourself, uh, uh, you're Puerto Rican, a Marine vet, uh, new right, labor nationalist, and a future space nerd. That's just a description you go by from Twitter if you want to give our audience like an introduction to yourself. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, um, you know, I'm definitely... I mean, I consider myself a moderate. You know, I took that uh, the the eight values test that everyone seems to take uh, on Twitter, and then I got I got I got centrist. So you know, it kind of makes sense because oh you know, yeah, that's what I usually get. Yeah, you know, we're we're really divided society. You know, I think a lot of people uh, forget the fact that there's you know 330 million Americans living here, and not everyone's going to you know agree with you. And, you know, and historically, if you look at the historical record, once societies start, you know, sort of diverging down these, you know, highly polarized paths is never really, uh, you know, it's not, it's not really good for the health of the nation and or the people living in it. So, you know, me personally, you know, like having deployed to a combat zone, I don't really, uh, you know, I don't, I don't really want to see that in America. And that's definitely the path, you know, nobody questions it. It's definitely the path we're on. You know what I mean? It's not even hyperbole. Like we are, you know, if you extrapolate the division enough, then you will get, uh, you know, conflict. And I just, you know, do not want that at all costs. I don't think, uh, I don't think anyone does. Uh, but I think, you know, we should try our hardest to avoid that. And, you know, my theory on doing that is by sort of uh, coming up with a little moderate approach, uh, sort of a unity approach, although that's really hard to do <laughs> because, you know, you know, some people on the left really, really sort of piss you off with some of these new new ideas they come up with like every other day like you know math calling math racist and whatsoever um but yeah but i really do think that um a nice centrist path national unity is is the way forward i mean if you know if we're ever gonna you know avoid a new dark age or and or a a, a world dominated by china yeah this, this, this is just the only option nobody ever thinks geopolitically but you have to think geopolitically because we live you know, we are not the only country. We don't live in a vacuum. So, yeah, so that's basically my, you know, it's my stance. You know, I'm futurist, you know, pro-family, uh, you know, moderate, you know, because you can't, you're not going to get rid of people who dislike, who, who think, who do not think like you. And, and yeah, it's basically long-winded bio. Yeah. yeah, that's what the platform does. Uh, yeah, reaching across the aisle and putting out a positive vision that is not, not really partisan or hyper-ideological. It's, it's a pragmatic, uh, forward-thinking vision. Is this platform, is this purely theoretical, or is this part 
of uh, organization or a plan to potentially run for office? Um, I don't see myself running for office. What I, what I want to do is inspire people to run for office. A lot of people DM to me saying that you know, that, you know, they really like my ideas, and you know, and there's a few of them say that they you know, been inspired to run. Um, I don't I don't see myself running for office, and if I do, it'll be like, you know, I'm in my 20s right now. It would be when I'm in my like 50s or something like that. Something I would do as an as an older, an older American. Um, but what I what I would like to do is sort of create sort of like a grassroots organization, you know, sort of like how social Democrats or whatever, I don't know, whatever uh, organization that like, uh, um, what's it called? Social Dems? Oh, yeah, like a Democratic Socialist. Yeah, like one of those those organizations or like a far more better version of, I guess, uh, Charlie Kirk's organization. Oh, yeah, well, he gets, they get all the funding from like the GOP donor class. They do, but they're like also pretty cringe. Um, oh yeah, for sure. And they're like it's like old conserv neoconservatism, and it's not really like. I mean, you know, like like you can't really. You have to be sort of more America, I guess America first, but then without the negative uh, connotations, I don't even know how to say that word. Without the negative uh, PR that the America First crowd brings, you know, they do bring a lot of negative PR. You cannot. Like you cannot openly support that at work or at school. Like it needs to be something that you can openly support in public, so that it can then gain traction. You know, like we, we live. Humans are a mob, speed like mob mentality species. We are we are a sheep herd. Um, and if you have to have a movement that you can publicly support in public, for it to gain traction, it can't really be this edgy underground, you know, thing. As much as some of those ideas may be appealing, you you, you kind of have to. Like you have to, you have to guide the sheep over to your side. You know what I mean. And right now, the sheep are going to the other side. Yeah, I think like right-wing populism, uh, it tapped into, it tapped into something that's very important, but it has a very kind of pretty narrow, limited appeal in its current form, at least. Yeah, and it, it really does. And it's like we're fighting against the system. Like, how are you going to fight against, um, against like the media establishment, social media, and, and then universities. Oh, oh, and now corporate America, you know, has joined the left-leaning bandwagon. Like, you know, you can only fight, you can't fight these for that long, man. Like, it's just like overwhelming institutional power. Like, you have to, you got to chip away at their base. I, I just don't see, I don't know, man, I just don't see us winning uh, in the future if we continue going down this, like, you know, hard, like, uh, I guess, hard. Like, yeah, it's, uh, like, the platform you put out, it's more... It's futurist-oriented and progressive in a sense. It's not just uh, reactionary. So uh, I'll go over some of these points. So uh, you talk about, like, rebuilding infrastructure, investing in mass transit. Uh, yeah, there, I mean, there could be, like, subways, high-speed rail, or also uh, Musk's, Elon Musk's idea of, like, a hyperloop, like the board tunnel boring machines. And then you also t- talk a lot about, like, walkable, creating, like, walkable, aesthetically pleasing communities, uh, to increase the supply and to curb uh, sprawl and the Yimby issue, like with housing, that's huge, especially impacting uh, millennials and urban areas, uh, like the types of new cities to build, like retrofitting suburbia, like the visually, like visually exciting images that you post aesthetics are important. Like the Euro, the traditional kind of European model, like you post pictures of Amsterdam or more futuristic models. And then like the history of like, Unbuilt American monuments. You posted once, like ret- the kind of retro futurism, like the op- optimism for the future in genres from 
Art Deco to the 80s. Uh, but the thing is, like, we're, like, lacking any kind of uh, aesthetic vision uh, for the future. And uh, that, I mean, so that's an example of something that is, that is progressive. And it's much more positive to put forth a vision than to simply just oppose, to simply be like a reactionary and impose uh, change. But what are your general interests uh, in urbanism, aesthetics, and like the vision you want to put forth in your platform? Yeah, so my, you know, my whole stance is, um, you know, like, like life should be exciting, right? Life should be, you know, society that you live in should be beautiful, right? Nobody, nobody goes out to buy an ugly home. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, like you, 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 you tend to buy good looking furniture. Uh, life should be beautiful, right? You know, there should be more, more greenery, right? More, more flowers, like more beautiful architecture. Uh, life should be beautiful. Life should be fun. Should, shouldn't just be about solving miserable problem after problem. Uh, it should be a positive message so that people, you know, so you can raise your family in this, in this, in this positive world. It can't just be this miserable, like brutalist architecture that, like everyone seems to be building now, or like these like glass structures going up everywhere. I mean, I don't oppose glass structures, but like, you know, s suburbia. I think is kind of ugly to be honest. You're, it, you know, it just destroys the sense of community. Like, what's like you're sitting in a car for 45 minutes and what, you know, going to work in traffic every day, 45 minutes a day by yourself. Uh, you got to drive 20 minutes to go buy milk. You know, like you should be able to you should be able to walk five minutes to go to work or walk five minutes to buy milk. And or walk five minutes to go to like a concert, you know. I guess that's just me living in New York, while also having the the access to a car, so you can drive three hours to the mountains. You know what I mean? Like 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 we should have, we should have sort of a mix like that. Right? Like just America's not, America doesn't have that. You know, it's just New York, where you can walk everywhere, but you can't have you don't really have access to a car, or you live in the rest of America where you you, you can't walk anywhere, but you do have access to a car. I think it should be some sort of like middle ground. You know, like, um, I don't know, like, like Zurich, Switzerland, I guess. I don't know. But I just think, um, you know, life would be more exciting to live in a place like that. Or like Tokyo, actually. I've been to Tokyo a few times. Oh, yeah. Like, it does need to be discussed more. It is kind of discussed in, like, urbanist blogs. But there's been very few political figures uh, talking about those ideas. I don't think and they hear about them. Uh, and it's also, it's kind of dismissed. Like, some conservatives will even, they'll even dismiss it as, like, lefty. Or they'll even say in some some of the really kooky examples they'll say it's like part of a leftist agenda, but but it's not. It's just about creating creating a kind of a civilization and society that is aesthetically pleasing. And as you said, just uh, giving you more, like more more of a variety, more freedom, freedom to choose like what kind of a society or environment you want to live in. Yeah, just, just building community bonds. You know, like okay, back in colonial America, there were no cars. Everything was walkable, right? Yeah, there was a sense of community. Obviously, we were a lot more moral and religious back then. But um, you know, all of a sudden, the 1950s, the automobile sort of um, and, and and suburbia really took off. And now you have people. Just, you know, like you shouldn't live 30 minutes away from your friends or an hour away from your family and stuff like that. Like everyone should be. I think everyone should be you know, walking distance. It just, it just creates creates a better sense of community. Um, you know, like a, like an actual civilization, not just isolated consumers. You know, in these in these suburbs, an hour away from from the city center, I just you know I just think it's I don't know I just think it's not not conducive. To Do you support a greater role for artists and creative types in the economy? It could be examples of like designing appliances, architecture too, 
or to like harness artistic talents uh, to beautify cities. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, I definitely support that. You know, there should be, like, there should be, like, you know, like, there should be, like, an American renaissance, right? Like, in a renaissance, we had just wealthy people funding a bunch of art, <laughs> you know? Like, 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 we should, and that's how we got the Sistine Chapel and all these, you know, if you ever seen pictures of Italy on, on Google, it's, you know, it's pretty freaking beautiful. Uh, you know, that's how we got all that art. Like, I, I think we should, you know, sort of strive to do that in America. Uh, but from a right-leaning perspective, because if we let the left do it, Let's just make it all graffiti or some shit, right? Oh <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Like I don't oppose graffiti, but you know, let's let's have uh, let's have something let's have something more inspiring than 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 graffiti. Um, but yeah, I just think that you know, I just think the right should should the right should embrace art, man. Like I don't I don't understand, I don't know how else to put it. Like we we're kind of stale. Like all we do is talk about guns and uh, guns in the Bible, I guess. Like you know, it's, it's, it, these are good things, but broaden the horizons you know oh yeah like the left yeah the left does yeah, have a monopoly yeah. on, on culture well, in all the pots we should do this we should do the same we should outdo them yeah a for sure time, yeah they have terrible ideas a lot of the time it's like not that hard to, to, to beat them you also uh you on twitter you post about like the issue of like declining fertility like the social and economic causes uh and kind of like natalist policy in your platform uh, are you talking about for all groups, or do you take a view that's that certain groups should be like favored, which is could be more controversial? Or would you just say sort of like natalism for all, or should some groups like say like higher IQ or wealthier be favored? And also like yeah. CRISPR, CRISPR gene editing will be a factor too in the future. Yeah, so my gene editing takes are are, are hugely hugely unpopular with a lot of the. Um... A lot of these, like, like uh, I guess, uh, white evangelicals, um, who are like, you know, these guys are definitely allies, but my vision is a little too centrist for them. And that's what you get for being a centrist. You're really hated by everyone, but whatever. Um, I think because I think most people are politically unengaged. I think if more of the politically unengaged center got engaged, they, they might actually. Uh, well, like it's radical, like radical centrism, not like the kind of stodgy like corporate centrism. Yeah, yeah, corporate. Yeah, no, but um. No, but like on the boosting birth rates thing, like my stance is, um, obviously people like Elon Musk should have more kids. We need, you know, we need we need more smart people to solve to solve the world's problems, not less. But um, my take is, if you can pay for your own home and your own food, right? If you're middle class or working class, you know, if you're not living on uh, government subsidies, then you should be encouraged to have more kids because that means you know that that means you made it. it means you can you can you can provide for your own stuff. Uh, you know, you should be uh, you should be helped out, and um, you know, have more children who can then be raised to provide for their own stuff. Uh, so I guess married, I, w- I wouldn't, e- I wouldn't even just middle class and working class. Like, uh, you know, like we don't need to help the rich have more kids, and we we definitely don't need you know, like the, if you're living on welfare, you should not be having uh, m- more kids so that our tax dollars could support these kids that you cannot support. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, it's common sense, very pragmatic. Um, I don't see how that's, I mean, I guess that's controversial, but it's, it's just, that's just truth. You know, like it's just not, the math doesn't add up. I'm sure like the student loan debt is a, it's a factor for millennials too. Yeah. That's why I want to, that's, that's why we need to solve student loan debt. You know, millennials are the largest generation in America right now. Right. Uh, second largest ever compared, you know, baby boomers came first. We are in our prime childbirthing years, right? Family forming years. We're about to enter this this window, the fertility window, 
Uh, one of the reasons stated why millennials aren't having kids is because of student debt, right? In addition to high cost of living and other things. I was probably, you should probably fix these things, you know? You, you won't be able to fix the millennials not wanting to have kids because of because they don't want to have kids, but you could definitely fix the financial reasons. And I just think we should be doing that. You know, it's very, it's very, like, how are you, you, you're not a populist if you don't support that. You know, student debt is a very establishment thing. Like, like who does that benefit? Benefits the banks. You know, fuck the banks. Like, like who cares? <laughs> like, help the people first. Put the people first. Put the families first. Sorry for cursing. Yeah, there is this, like, extreme polarization uh, politically and uh, a lot of, like, the racial agenda, the wokeness, and uh, all these is kind of countless, really kind of uh, really out there examples, like schools talking about, like, uh, curriculum on abolishing whiteness. So, uh, yeah, you talk, yeah, like... you talk about, like, these platinum plans. They're different. It's different. It's not so much like what Trump... Like some, a lot of people on the right on the right wing populist side were just saying Trump's platinum plan was just kind of like affirmative action light, but what you're saying is like platinum plans addressing uh, the specific needs for all groups and like a need for specialization because there's a failure of one size fits all from both free marketeers and from the left from both sides. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. can you talk about your idea for a platinum plan and do you think we're past the point of no return when it comes to like the divide in identity politics and like political and ethnic tribalism. No, I don't think it's ever too late. You know, extreme. You know, like Peter Thiel says, you know, extreme optimism and extreme uh, pessimism uh, are both equally useless. They both uh, breed inaction. So we should never think that, right? It's never too late. Even if it is too late, it's never too late. Um, but you should definitely, yeah. But the platinum plan thing. Look, let me look. You got politicians. You have the people on the left who are like demonizing white people. Like this is this is this is approaching genocide level talks, right? This is like Rwanda 1990, um, or, or Germany 1932. You just can't you, you can't keep doing that. So you have to acknowledge the fact that you know, and then Republicans just ignore the fact that white people exist. They never mention you know white problems specifically, obviously because they don't want to be called racist. Um, you need to you need to acknowledge that white people exist and have their own problems and propose a platinum plan to fix their problems, mainly, you know, like rural, poor whites, like Alabama, West Virginia, stuff like that. And then, you know, acknowledge the fact that black people have their own problems too, and they're separate, uh, you know, mainly inner city uh, uh, blacks and, you know, the inner cities. And then and, and these are two separate problems, right? These are two separate communities, two separate problems. And then while also having one for Asians, mainly um, discrimination in school, right? There's a lot of, um, a lot of discrimination going on against Asians because you know, obviously Asians score very high on tests. And the left just doesn't like that for some reason. They don't like overachievers, um, and you know. And then there should be one for Hispanics as well, which is, you know, I guess costs of living. I would guess um, from personal experience, I guess costs of living. And yeah, so like everyone, every community has different sort of different, um, just different, just different needs, right? Like you know, we we should help small businesses. We should help entrepreneurs uh, more, and sort of like help corporations less, right? Like, I'm not anti-corporation. Oh, like, uh, I think you said you would support, like, a progressive corporate tax, so the yeah, biggest exactly. corporations, like Google, Amazon, would pay the most, and then small businesses would pay, they would have less taxes and regulation. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. We already do it for, you know, for income. It oh, yeah, yeah. Like, Google has no overhead. You know, they're making billions, like, billions of dollars a year, and they, like, have, like, what, a thousand employees or something insane. They have like not that many employees. There's like no overhead. You're sitting there, 
like you don't have to buy machinery there's no factories you know they're just sitting there coding earning ad revenue because everyone uses your platform yeah they should definitely pay a progressive tax and uh you also posted that uh chart it's from audacious epigon on uns and it showed that uh like opinion of blm by democrat voters and so among democratic voters uh blacks and college educated whites still support the movement but it showed that like hispanic voting democrats are the one group that are displeased with blm yeah yeah it was like 47 percent of them oh so, yeah yeah to get 47 percent of democrat voting hispanics do not support blm this does not even count the republican voting hispanic i just think there's a huge untapped opportunity here um to you know for the gop to advance with um to advance with latinos first of all we're we're we're, we're pretty conservative pretty family oriented right we're pretty we're patriarchal like like we're, like like if, i always say like if liberal whites knew how hispanic societies were they'd be attacking us more than they attack white people it's just you know there's a lot of untapped energy here a lot of us are in you know, a working class blue collar we hate race idolatry all this race politics we don't like it we just want we just want to work better life for our families right we didn't come to america for america to turn into a south africa right this is not no you know or or for america to turn into a crime ridden riddled northern mexico we didn't we didn't come here for that right so of course we don't like BLM. Uh, like you know, we're not blind. We see that it's you know, they're, they're, they're catering to a lot of these people are like criminals. Um, like we're just like no, we don't we don't stand for that. And yeah, I just think there's a lot of untapped energy there. The Republicans could easily steal some of those 46 percent of Democrat Latino voters who don't support BLM. Like looking back at these like past populist movements, like it seems that uh, there's a lot of disappointment and criticism of Trump, and uh, Trump sort of. How he became more closer to like a more generic conservative, but at the same time, he serves as like a villain to the left and energizes like the worst of wokeness. So there's a lot of disappointment with Trump. And then you saw the same problem with Bernie, like selling out genuine like left wing populism towards just kind of woke liberalism. Yeah. So like, what are your overall thoughts? Like how optimistic are you about anything positive happening through mainstream politics, like through the GOP? So both those things. I uh, should be able to tell you one thing already, that the establishment is, is, is deep and powerful, that they even, they, that, that they corroded Bernie and they corroded Trump, right? Surface value. That, that, that's what, that's what that should be able to tell you. So, um, obviously the way to fight that would be to just, I mean, I guess introduce more, you just need more populists in the system. You know, you can overrun their defenses, the establishment, like it's, like it's possible. We also can't be super anti-establishment because you know even the um, oh, George Washington, right? These, these the founding fathers, they were literally part of the aristocracy. Yeah, because yeah. in order to succeed politically, you do need some degree of elite or institutional support. Yeah, yeah, you do. And me, I'm a huge Elon Musk fan, and obviously Musk is not a liberal, but he's not like a, a, a conservative either. He's like a populist moderate, I think. Um, like like appeal to Silicon Valley is is what my, is what I'm trying to say. To the GOP, because obviously a lot of them are the enemy, uh, you know, because a lot of these like left-wing social media types. But a lot of these people in Silicon Valley, all these hackers, all these coders, all these AI workers, are you know more moderates. And you know, at the rate technology is progressing, maybe it's smart to appeal to the people who are creating AI. Maybe, maybe that's a smart idea. I don't know. 
<laughs> maybe it's a good idea to appeal to these guys uh, because you know once AI comes around, it's a very powerful tool, and it's best that it is at least somewhat on our side instead of against us. And uh, do you have any other like further thoughts on what kind of economic policies you'd like to see that would greater uh, foster innovation? So educate I me, mean, not economic, but education reform is really important. So I like the whole school choice idea. Um, you know, from what I know about it, it's like instead of, sort of they fund students instead of school systems. Uh, I follow a guy on Twitter named I think Corey Angelus. He's a very big uh, school choice fighter. Um, I think we need more of that because if we start if we start giving money to the parents and they they decide where to spend it, that's going to lead to an entrepreneurial revolution in education hopefully and that's how you get that's how you get your next elon musk you know what i mean that's how you get 30 of them and that's what society needs we don't need you know we have public school system right now it's it's starting it's caters to the lowest common denominator like you it gets very dumbed down and there should be more gifted programs not less is my stance like we should be finding these diamonds in the rough everywhere wherever they are and propelling them forward so that they can invent things that make our lives better. Like we need more people working on flying taxis. We need more people working on anti-aging, you know, biotech startups. We need more people working on, you know, Mars colonization, space tourism, nuclear fusion, right? We need more people working on infrastructure, more smart people working in government. We, sh we need more smart people. Uh, we don't need less. And that's my stance on that. So that's, that's what policy we should pursue. But uh, economic side, what economic policy should we pursue? Uh, just bringing back manufacturing and, and fostering all these, you know, all, all these startups. So right now, Elon Musk's boring company is getting contracts or in the in, in talks with getting contracts in Texas and Florida. That's a good thing, right? Uh, you should want a 150 mile an hour uh, sort of subway system underneath you know, every mid-sized city in America. That is going to boost economic growth. If you can get from one side of the city to the other in 10 minutes instead of 40. That's that makes people more productive. Uh, it saves more time. It's like it creates more time. You get more of your time back. Uh, it's like you know the the time creation economy. Like you you now have more time to spend with your family. You have more time working out. Well, so uh, you have to commute like uh, an hour or two hours to work. People think of that as like a personal drain, but it also eats away at economic productivity. Yeah, and and. and and not just economic, you know, to, to avoid looking at things through an economic lens, like it's less time with your family. That's less time you could be working out. You know what I mean? That's less time you could be, I don't know, walking around a park. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's less time you could be doing more productive things rather than sitting in a car listening, you know, listening to music or a podcast. You know, nothing wrong with that, but you can listen to a podcast and music at the gym. And uh, when it comes to uh, like criminal justice, do you favor more civil liberties or reform or the more kind of punishment tough on crime stance or some kind of balance some kind of balance so there's a lot, you know a lot of people in jail for i guess drug related offenses um yeah you know, the goal should be to turn people away from being drains on the tax base to being net positive on the tax base so less tax drains more taxpayers um so like if a guy has been there for you know, 20 years for assault like if he's learned his lesson train this guy up into a trade and put him back into the community so that he can work and, you know, build houses. Uh, obviously if you, if, you know, if he commits one more offense, obviously you need to send him back to jail for a very long time. Um, but 
but we, but we should strive to create. Like, he shouldn't need to. He shouldn't need to create crimes if the guy, you know, gets job training and then has a steady job. Like the reason people create crimes is mostly financial reasons. Uh, so you just eliminate that, and I think you'll eliminate a lot of uh, a lot of problems. You just create more uh, create more productive citizens. Is my whole thing, right? You're in there. You sold cocaine 20 years ago. Uh, I think you should be taught a trade, and you should be let out to go work. Obviously, you know, if you rape someone or if you, uh, you know, murder someone, you should, should not be let out. But, you know, the rest of these people, uh, I think we can definitely uh, strike a balance in there. And, but also be tough on crime. Like, don't, like, the, the crime surge in New York City right now and every other major city because of BLM. Are you like, in New York right now? That should not be tolerated. Um, yeah. That should not be tolerated. There should be no crime. Like, like there just shouldn't be a spike. In, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to be tough on policing, um, but like also give people second chances once they're you know learned the lesson. So that's all my that's my stance. Really, really weird hybrid stance. You know what I mean? Usually you're either soft on police and soft on prison reform, or hard on police and hard on prison reform. I'm more you know hard policing, uh, soft prison reform. It's so polarized. Like there's no room for for nuance. Like you can. You can support like strong policing, but also uh, support like rehabilitation and prison reform. That yeah. just kind of relates to like all issues and just the kind of like general polarization. So, with your your long term plans, uh, you like to create. So, not so much running for office. It would be you mentioned this at the beginning of the show, like an organization uh, comparable to like the Democratic Socialists or Turning Point. So, it could. It could function like as a caucus within the GOP. So like you have these different. So within the GOP, like you have like the neocons, the libertarian kind of Tea Party types, like pro corporate. Then you have like the religious right. So it could function like as a caucus, or like a organize the way like Turning Points does. But it is hard. Like again, like it's hard to create something that's totally grassroots without like elite support or donor support. Yeah, yeah, and, and and I think that's lacking. Like, there's no. Um, I mean, I guess I've seen a few of these organizations pop up here and there on Twitter in the last month, but there really isn't. Like, the goal should be to create. I'm trying. What is the name? Social Democrats. I think that's the Democratic the Socialist. Yeah, no, there's Democrats for Justice. I think. Oh right. Or yeah. Just, yeah, I think I've Justice Democrats. Justice Democrats, right? Yeah. yeah, there should be a Justice Democrats type organization and a. What's Charlie Kirk's Turning Point USA type organization, but for the populist right? Um, and I, you know, I don't, I don't see it. Uh, I see like two of them who are trying to. The problem with conservative right wing populism is any movement that doesn't have a leader institutional support will just get overrun with grifters. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, and then you know, and then, and then of course you have a lot of them, like, like the goal is to get you can't. You really can't be framed as racist because that just like like the middle America will automatically disregard like all the people like all the Joe Rogan people and and all the you know barstool sports guys and you know frat sorority frat guys sorority girls like they're not gonna come out and you know ruin their social credibility to support that you know what I mean you have to have something that something that they can support um, it's, it's what I call the sports vote like <laughs> you have to get the sports vote. Uh, and, and right now, it's up for the it's up for the taking. You know, the left, 
like the left is becoming way too cringe. Like there, there is just like this waiting to get harvested. Uh, this middle ground of voters. Yeah, I think they're pushing like with wokeness. Uh, they've seized so much power; they could very well win in the long run. But there's also a good chance that it could it could totally backfire. But it's hard to it's hard to make these predictions. It, yeah, it's very hard. Um, it's it's if there is no opposition, they will win. Uh, if there is no viable opposition, they'll win. There needs to be viable opposition. So I think uh, both the you know the America First wing and uh, and their right leaning super conservative stances as well. It needs to be a, okay. It needs to be a true a two pronged approach. The America First wing, uh, and then whatever whatever you call my I guess radical centrism. If 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 if, if you have a two pronged approach like that. And you can successfully defeat the left, right? Cause, you know, you know they can they can call America first racist, uh, but they can't really call uh, you know someone who supports you know a platinum plan. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, um, you know immigration stuff like that. Uh, you know racist. Like there's no like words. Yeah, like it's the idea of having a platinum plan for every group. It's uh, it's different. Then uh, it's obviously different than wokeness, but it's also I think there are kind of limitations to like mainstream conservative, like colorblind civic nationalism that just treats everyone as the same. Because certain certain groups do have their own like unique, distinct uh, needs and concerns. So it's a way to help everyone. And I think it's I go further and say it's the only way to prevent like some kind of uh, like really bad conflict. Yeah, no, it is, it is, it really is, and and, and these kind of things will bring people together. Uh, uh, some of the criticisms I, I've seen from that, some of the more serious criticisms, not the trolling, uh, were like, oh, we should emphasize more on on class instead of race, and I, you know, I just say no, we should we should do both. <laughs> you know, like race exists, right? And you know, the left has already primed everyone into talking about it, so why don't you just you know, hop in there, usurp that, and just like take race in a different direction. Take the race conversation in a different, more productive direction. Or you could um, like call it. You could call it like right wing multiculturalism. Yeah, I guess right wing multiculturalism, and then you know, like, and 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 then obviously, you know, the, the super right wing people. <laughs> a lot of them dislike my platform, um, which is good because at the end of the day, we have the same target. So the comments you're getting from the right, uh, is it more from the alt right or kind of normie capitalist right? And what does the left think about it? I don't even know if I would call them all right. They're just like, they're just like a lot of these guys. Like even all... more kind of generic right wing Republicans, like social conservatives and yeah, it's and like, small well, tax I, I think types. It's, more like, it's like white evangelicals, I guess. Oh right, right. And I, you know, I have, I have nothing against them, but you know, like uh, a lot of America doesn't think like them. So like, how are you gonna? Like my platform is to appeal to all. Like if there was a one party state, it would be my platform. You know what I mean? Like it's like this is way better than whatever exists right now. Um, so my, my thing is to try to build the largest tent possible while still preserving, you know, the family, American global dominance and, you know, raising living standards, uh, just defeating wokeism, getting it out of the system completely and also, uh, you know, advancing technological progress. So that's, that's really what the platform is about. Just, it's kind of, yeah, like it's just very, very anti-woke left. And besides Twitter, uh, do you have any website or blog you want to plug or any upcoming projects? I don't, but I should. I should be. Um, people keep telling me to make a Discord. Um, 
I should probably create a Discord soon and definitely a website. Right now, I've been preoccupied with with what I'm doing right now. Um, but yeah, people keep telling me to make a website. I feel like I should make a website. You know, it doesn't take that much time. It doesn't cost that much money. I should at least make a website. Um, but whenever I have more free time, I definitely want to. Um, I don't know. I kind of want to hold up. You know, kind of kind of want to hold uh, meetups and events. You know what I mean? And just uh, you know, start start like at a at like at a bar. You know, with like. 15 people or so and just have a meetup just hang out and then grow from there um you know like i like i, I went to a meetup from a youtube uh, youtube guy completely unrelated it was like a finance guy in, uh in manhattan and i mean it was pretty cool we had a good time it was like you know 30 of us drinking talking about tesla stuff like that but yeah so same, same concept but for like more right-leaning moderates uh jose luis uh feliciano it's been a great show and a great plan that you put forth it was great speaking with you all right man yeah i uh got anything else just uh feel free to reach out